Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, everybody. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Splonskowski along with Tom O'Keefe. How are you all this morning? I hope you're uh, shoveling snow. No, I hope you're done shoveling snow um, and able to maybe have a little hot chocolate or a hot coffee this morning as you listen to Real Presence Live. Uh, how was your uh, last couple of days there, Tom? It was good. Uh, plenty of work to do. Uh, plenty of snow to shovel. Absolutely. Yeah, as I was driving through the streets of Fargo here, there's a few cars that are still... Uh, in snow drifts, we got some pretty good snow across the uh, upper Midwest here this uh, yesterday. Um, you know, it's kind of funny how March, what's the phrase, March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb. As soon as the temperature goes up, it decides, oh, well, let's, let's do a little snow. Absolutely, um, yeah. So, uh, it, was, it was a lot. Yeah, we've been uh, been traveling around with Bishop Folda doing listening sessions. We've had to uh, reschedule the last uh, two or three of them uh, moving across the area because of these uh, snowstorms. So, uh if we didn't get to you yet, we're still coming. We're coming your direction here in these next couple of weeks uh, for these listening sessions. But a great time uh, listening to people across the Diocese of Fargo. So uh, thank you for all who have been joining us. And thank you for joining us for Real Presence Live this morning. We've got uh, some great guests this morning. But before we get into that, time, we should start with some prayer. Yes, we should. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, we just come to you grateful, grateful this apostle that is Real Presence Radio. We ask for your blessings and your mercy on us as hosts. As our, and our guests and our staffs, and particularly grateful for our first guest who's going to talk to us about our veterans and the things that they've done for this country. We're grateful for this day. We're grateful for the beauty, the beauty of the snow that it brings to us. And then we raise all, everything to you in glory as we play. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you're just joining us again, this is Real Presence Live. And uh, we're going to talk with Robert... Burish. Is that, did I say your last name right, Robert? Burish? Burish? Yeah. All right. Pretty close. <laughs> say it again? I said that was pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. We'll go with pretty close. All right, so where are you coming to us from this morning, Robert? Oh, I'm calling from, uh, I'm up here in Teeth River Falls, Minnesota, and uh, I represent the Knights of Columbus Council 4619. Very good. And we are... One of the commemorative partners with the Vietnam Veterans uh, Commemoration Society. Very good. Tell us a little bit about, more about yourself, Robert. Uh, you're originally from Thief River Falls. Your background. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about you. Uh, well, I was born in Dickinson, so then uh, we moved around a little bit. Uh, wound up graduating out of Harvey High School. Uh, uh, joined the service. Uh, spent 21 years running around the world. And uh, since then, uh, we wound up in Grafton for a little while, uh, married my wife, and moved to Thief River Falls here. Very good. Well, thank you for your service, Robert. Um, tell us a little, just a little bit as you, you know, this is the, we're going to get into the conversation here um, on Vietnam Vets, but this is the year of the Eucharistic Revival, or the years of the Eucharistic Revival. Um, and, and, you know, as your, your journey here um, across the area, across the world, um, how would you say you've encountered Christ in, in all of that? How, 
Can you share with us maybe a, a, a one that stands out to you, an encounter with Christ through your life journey? I think uh, when I was uh, stationed remote in Alaska, I think it was uh, a kind of a turning point. Uh, a young chaplain there uh, got me involved with uh, Eucharistic ministry. Um, and uh, so when he was gone um, to visit the Diocesan office in Anchorage, um, we, uh, as to be, uh, be, I guess, non-clerics, would uh, conduct mass services for the uh, Catholic people that were uh, stationed on, on the island. And uh, since then, uh, I've been involved with... Uh, you know, the, all the parishes that I've uh, lived at as a Eucharistic minister, uh, helping as ushers, uh, you know, whatever is needed to help um, help out the parish. So, so was that invitation to be involved in the Eucharistic ministry? Was it kind of that? Would you say? I was. That was a real turning point for me, uh, as far as you know, working with uh, different things. And even while I was in the service at some of the uh, places I was stationed, I was still uh, talked to the chaplains and got involved with the Eucharistic ministry uh, function of the program. And how would you say that the Eucharist plays a role in your, your spiritual life today, Robert? Um, well, I'm still active uh, with our parish here at St. Bernard. Uh, I work with... Uh, school as far as uh, what the Knights can do to support our school here, whether it's uh, with volunteers or financial help. Um, we work with the parish uh, uh, youth ministers to uh, also do the same thing you know, for our religious program. And many of the Knights uh, have brought uh, different programs into the parish to uh, help uh, strengthen the faith of the parish. That's great, Robert. And you're here to talk to us a little bit about the uh, honoring our Vietnam vets. Uh, talk to us a little bit about um, the, the service that our, our veterans um, from Vietnam have given uh, to us. Um, again, the veterans that um, were involved with Vietnam, it, it was a very... Uh, turmoil time in the United States, and, uh, you know, we were kind of uh, put in the background of the society, you know, we were really not that well respected, even though uh, many of the people that were involved in Vietnam uh, conflict and uh, anywhere stationed around the world were volunteers. Um I know we had the draft, and uh, people always were afraid that their number would come up and they'd have to go into the service. Uh, no one likes the draft, eh? <laughs> mm. and that, that was one of the big contentions of uh, the Vietnam conflict was uh, the institution of the draft policy. So, but you know, anybody that was uh, stationed anywhere, you know. They were, they were following orders, uh, doing their thing to support uh, the people that were actually in country. 
Yeah, it was a very unpopular war at the time. I know my dad was in Vietnam for a couple of years as well, and and even coming back, there was a lot of protests and a kind of a not not a lot of support for our armed forces during that time. And I know that had a, a pretty heavy effect on our on our service members. Yeah, and uh, like you see today, you know, military uh, personnel are able to wear their uniforms anywhere they want to go. Um, and except maybe some of the overseas locations, you know, those that's understandable with the type of situation they might be in. But uh, here, as in the in country, uh, the United States, you know, you know, the military can walk around in their uh, fatigues or dress uniforms, uh, no problems. But at the time in Vietnam, you were told, you know, hey, don't show anything that you're part of the military. And I know Tom, you're part of the your mm-hmm, uh, military yeah. vet too. So talk to us a little bit about that that need for support and that need for uh, acknowledgement of of the sacrifice you're making. Well, I mean, you you give up so much when you go over. I was in Operation Desert Storm, and I didn't give up near what these these guys did that went to Vietnam or the World Wars or, or, or Korea or some of our veterans are doing right now uh, in, in their overseas. So I I was blessed in that regard. But even so, I mean, you leave your family, you leave your home. Uh, you, ha- you have their support, and, and we had such an outpouring of, of support and good, I would say, overall political will uh, during that. I can't imagine what it would be like to come back and, and not feel that you had that, that, that level of support uh, from your country. I think there would be a, a, a loneliness that would be difficult to bear. In your 21 years, Robert, uh, what are some of the conflicts that you served in? I assume Vietnam was one of them. Um, that was the only one that was uh, really going on uh, as a storm was just coming on at the end of the 90s. Uh, so we, we kind of had a lull in, uh, you know, conflicts that we were involved with from 73 to probably the late 80s. But, uh, I, you know, I, I had a supporting role for wherever I was stationed at. And uh, what what uh, branch are you part of there, Robert? Of the I Armed Forces? Served in the, served in the Air Force for Air Force. all that time. Okay, and Tom, your Army, correct? Army, yes. Very good, very good. And what was your what was your position in the Air Force, Robert? Um, well, I worked with uh, transportation operations. You know, the guys that drive the trucks, dispatch trucks all over the place. And then uh, communications, electronics, maintenance. Very good. And Tom, your role? I, I was an, a registered nurse. I worked in a, in a, in a hospital ready to prepare to take care, ter, take care of casualties uh, from the war. Very good. Well, thank you both for your service. And again, at the, kind of, we're talking here this morning about uh, the importance of arm, our armed forces, but also uh, in particular, uh, really kind of honoring our Vietnam veterans. Um, and as I mentioned, my dad was Air Force um, in Vietnam as well. Um, so, Robert, let's let's talk a little bit about, more about you. Have you have some events coming up, um, and are these in Thief River Falls? Yeah, it's going to be at the Thief River Falls Armory on uh, March 25th, 11 a.m. We're doing a commemoration uh, ceremony to honor these veterans for their service and uh, what they gave for their country. And uh, the event again is in Thief River Falls on March 25th. March 25th. And location? Uh, Steep River Falls Armory. Armory.
And so what's going to happen what, if we uh, attend this event on March 25th? What, what will we see? So, well, this one's going to be, we did one last July, um, and it was kind of the first one we attempted. But this one, we're going to have uh, a regular color guard uh, leading off the event. Uh, we'll have about seven different flags there uh, to uh, represent the United States. Uh, POW, the Vietnam veterans, and the service organizations that are working with me. Um, and then we'll have uh, a guest speaker, uh, the DAV commander from North Dakota is going to be coming up here to share some insights that he has. And then we'll have the uh, commemoration ceremony where we uh, talk a little bit about some of the stuff uh, that occurred during the Vietnam era. And uh, finally, we'll uh, recognize the veterans with a special pin and certificate uh, to, uh, you know, to give them the recognition they deserve. And then we'll have a small reception after the ceremony uh, for the veterans and their family. And Robert, who's sponsoring this event? Is this, uh, who, who are the sponsors of this event? Okay. Um, the Knights of Columbus is, is the main sponsor, and uh, I'm also working with the American Legion, the uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars, and the Stable American Veterans uh, up here in Cedar Falls. So we're collaborating uh, to make this uh, a memorable event, event for all the veterans that uh, come into this ceremony. Very good. So again, that's March 25th in Thief River Falls at the Armory. Um, honoring our Vietnam vets. Sounds like you kind of have a full day uh, scheduled there, or at least so how, how, when will it start and how long will it go, Robert? Uh, we're going to start at 11 o'clock, uh, and depending on how many veterans we uh, have in attendance, it'll be about an hour, hour and a half uh, for the ceremony. And then maybe we'll stick around for about another hour to tell stories and interact with uh, all the veterans that are there. So about 11 to 2, probably something like that. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., somewhere in there? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Very good. Folks, if you're just joining us, this is Real Presence Live. We're talking with Robert Birish about honoring our Vietnam vets and honoring all of our service members. We're going to step away for a break, but we're going to come back and continue this conversation talking about uh, the Catholic faith um, in Vietnam and also how we should remember the Vietnam War. Me, the Vietnam War. This is Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. If you have ever been through the hell of deep darkness and suffering, like the suicide of a loved one, do you know that your experience may be helpful to someone else? 
I'm Father Chris Alar. Mercy is defined as a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it does something about it. And when you exercise the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, you are truly loving your neighbor. Jesus said, when a soul approaches me with trust, I fill it with an abundance of graces that it cannot contain it within itself, but radiates them to other souls. Let us show you how to be that radiator and find healing for yourself in the process. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Smolskowski along with Tom O'Keefe. And we're talking to Robert Beerish. We're talking about the importance of service to our country, our service members. And particularly in March uh, in Thief River Falls, we'll be honoring our Vietnam vets at the armory there on March 25th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So if you're in the area, stop by the armory there at Thief River Falls on March 25th. Um, I believe that's the Feast of the Annunciation, if I'm thinking on top of my head right here. But also a great day to stop by the armory and honor our vets and their service uh, to our country, uh, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And uh, Robert, uh, thank you for, again for joining us this morning. W- let's talk a little bit about the Knights of Columbus and their role in patriotism. Yeah, I okay. took a look, Robert, here on, on the website here that you guys, you know, your, your, your four key goals of, of charity, unity, fraternity, and patriotism. And I think that patriotism is one that's often understated or maybe not even, even considered of your, your role in, in standing up for God and, and our country as a Knight of Columbus. Yeah. Um, the most visible time started during World War One when uh, the Knights of Columbus huts were in Europe. Uh, it offered uh, a place where the servicemen, it didn't make a difference what faith you were, could come in, sit down, um, have a cup of coffee, uh, write letters home, um, and all the um, stuff was provided at no charge to servicemen. Uh, it was again visible in World War II, uh, mostly through the Canadian night. Uh, that set up those huts, uh, and they did the same thing. You know, they offered free supplies, coffee, you know, rolls and stuff like that. And they actually were, you know, behind the front lines there. Uh, so when servicemen needed to have a break or were given a break, uh, they had a place to go where they could relax and uh, enjoy some company. Um, since World War II, uh, the Knights of Columbus been uh, interacting with military ordinates to uh, provide funds uh, to the chaplain program for 
you know, it's not just the Catholic uh, knights that are out there serving uh, around the world, but also uh, the funds go to support any any uh, religious program that the uh, military supports. So it gives uh, the, the military chaplains uh, something, uh, some financial help uh, to carry out the programs to promote uh, the faith of their uh, particular religion. The Knights and, of Col- uh, oh, Go ahead. Sorry. And then the other thing that uh, we do is uh, is the St. Michael's Medal. Uh, St. Michael is one of the patrons for, for the military, so we offer uh, a medal to any servicemen. Uh, again, they don't have to be Catholic. And uh, also uh, a prayer book uh, that they can use uh, when they have some time, to, um, some downtime, I guess. So. Okay, I know in, in Fargo here, we're so blessed to have the Veterans Administration down here, and I think it's one of the finest in the country. Uh, but I know that our, our, our local councils raise a lot of money for suicide awareness, uh, as well as being active out, out there and volunteering. I mean, how, how can the Knights of Columbus, or, or how can the community get more involved supporting our veterans? Um, you know, through events like we're doing now, uh, you know, this is uh, a special event for Vietnam veterans, but, uh, you know, when we have uh, veterans that are serving in any conflict, you know, and their unit comes back into the area, and I know a lot of National Guard units go on active duty for extended periods of time. So when they come back, you know, you know shake their hand, you know, tell them that, uh, you know, you're proud of them um, and believe that we we have the best men and women serving in our armed forces uh, doing the job that they need to do to make sure that peace is maintained around the world. So, Robert, Tell us a little bit. I want to shift gears just a little bit, kind of shifting from you know our, our the people who serve in our nation in in through the services um, are normal people, right? They're just like everybody else. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit more about you. What what you know as you uh, twenty one years uh, in the service? Uh, what are some things that you have learned over these years? Uh, what are some of the key lessons of life uh, that that you've learned? Um. I think what's helped, uh, my dad was uh, and he believed in honesty and integrity. And I believe that, you know, as part of the service, you know, the honesty and the integrity to be a better person as you get, you know, uh, increase in rank, you know, your word is your word. And if you don't believe, uh, you know, act on what you say you're going to do, you know, Nobody trusts you, and that's uh, something that uh, you know has carried me through uh, anywhere I've gone. Now, you know, when I tell people that I'm going to do something, it gets done. And uh, when people entrust me to do something, they don't worry about it getting done. They know it's going to get done. And I think that's one of the things I've taken away from my time in the service the most. 
You know, 21 years in service, you would have served under numerous presidents. And, of course, as you know, the, the whole political uh, scene is, can be up and down and all over the place. But still, we're called to love our nation. Uh, how, how, do you, how did you na navigate that as a member of the, of the service and still, um, whether you, or not you agreed with what the politicians were doing, how did you still um, can maintain this love uh, for, for your country? You have to put your personal feelings aside about the individuals that are in Congress and leading the United States. Um, we take an oath to serve the country. It's not the people that run the country. And I think that's the important part, part uh, of what the military is about. We're there to take and serve the whole country, not just uh, you know one or two individuals. Tom, how did you uh, navigate? How do you navigate that? Uh, navigate what now? Just kind of that, that sense of, you know, the leadership. Oh, sometimes, yeah, you know, sometimes you're in an organization, you absolutely. don't necessarily agree with the leadership, yeah. yet you really want to respect their role as a leader, yeah, and you still love what the organization does as, you know, as in, in our nation. So, so how do you navigate that? Well, that's been coming from my generation. I, I'm, I'm from the baby boomer generation, and there still was a, a sense of you had respect for a position regardless of who was in it. And we've kind of lost that in our country now that that the president of the country the governor of the state the 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 the, the superintendent at the school uh, just because they had that position there was a certain level of authority that they had that you still gave them a amount of respect and uh some of it came in line and just you're doing your duty and and the duty that i was required to do didn't really have a lot to do with politics mm -hmm. you know my responsibility was to be there to be able to be prepared to take care of a soldier that that was injured. I was we were talking earlier about this quote from G.K. Chesterton, and I, I found it. And it says the true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves what is behind. Hmm. You know, so we're, we're you're there because you you love the country, you love the freedom, you love your family. Uh, you don't want them to experience what's 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 happening in front of you. Yeah, I think it's an important conversation because I know a lot of the struggles we have with youth today or even like all the youth today, you know, they, they really struggle with how to respect people that they don't agree with. How do they respect uh, a leader that they don't see as a good leader, but respect that they have a role? Kind of as Jesus said to Pontius Pilate, you would have no power over me unless it had been given to you from above, right? So how do we respect people in leadership who we disagree with, but still uh, maintain, you know, a sense of, of that, that authority is real? You know, that, that people are in positions of authority. We don't have to agree with what they're saying or everything they do, but we do have to respect their role. Um, and how do, how do we communicate that? It's just really tough. You know, there was a, a movie called The American President Came Back and Michael Douglas was in it. And one of the things that stuck with me, there's a, there a scene at the end where he, he says, my responsibility as president is, not to, to, is to protect the right of every person to stand up and say what they have to say, regardless of whether I, I would spend my entire life opposing it. Mm. But I still have to respect their right to say it. And we, we've kind of lost that, just to respect that person and that respect that person that has a difference of opinion and, and believe that that might bring something to me, aside from my own. And now, now we just want to cancel it. So I, I think that we have to role model for our children that, that uh, willingness to accept diversity mm -hmm. and that, the ability to be open-minded and just consider the possibility that that person might have something to say. And accepting um, diversity and being open-minded doesn't mean that you agree with everything and that, you know, you just embrace everything as moral. But it does mean that in conversation that we respect the person. Absolutely. I may not agree with your thoughts, but you're still a person, a still beloved son and daughter of the Father. 
Um, and as, as a person, I respect you, but we don't necessarily have to agree, right? Correct. And that's the challenge. Robert, do you have any thoughts on, uh, on that, on, on how to maintain respect even in, in the midst of disagreement? Well, I, think, I think one of the things that uh, uh, would make a big change is the way the media uh, you know, portrays uh, the leaders in our country. You know, and it's, uh, you know, it's not hard to describe, you know, the media, you know, tells us, you know, different things about different situations, and sometimes it gets blown out of proportion to what actually is happening. Yeah, you know, that's something, I, when I was in college, I interviewed my dad on his experience in the, in the, uh, in Vietnam, when he was at Da Nang um, Air Base there, and uh, he said it was interesting because they would get reports back from the media of how certain battles went, and he said we didn't even recognize their reports because they didn't look like anything like reality. And that's kind of stuck with me over these years, that the, the media often is looking for a story, and if there isn't a story, they make up one. <laughs> they embellish it uh, so that it's more exciting. And so we have to be careful of that as uh, we listen to the media um, and be, you know, good um, consumers of media in, and really just kind of checking the facts. So maybe trust but verify could be a statement there. Um, but uh, yeah. So well, Robert, thank you so much for being with us this morning. And of course, again, remember folks, Thief River Falls, March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation. Um, there is a event at the Armory in Thief River Falls honoring our Vietnam vets. And we thank our Knights of Columbus, of course, for teaching us and leading us in patriotism. And for your time this, this morning, Robert, thank you so much. Okay, yeah, and the public is more than welcome to come and join us. Absolutely. Join uh, Robert uh, there in Thief River Falls on March 25th, 11 a.m. to 2. This is Real Presence Live. We're going to continue our conversation on the other side of the break. We're going to talk to Jen Settle. She's coming to the Fargo area to lead a women's retreat, and we're going to talk to her more about that. This is Real Presence Live. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.